0: Hello and welcome to No Contingencies Full Disclosure with Haley
1: And Eddie-o.
0: We're here with our fourth episode of season two, which is talking about the fun thing, the home search. The
1: search. And it's basically step four in the process of becoming a buyer. Now, a lot of people start with search. They go out and they are checking out properties and then they decide that they... They need to uh, talk to an agent. Yep. It when you kind of come into our world, it becomes kind of the fourth step. there's, yeah. there's We're a
0: strategic f- about
1: it. We're strategic. So we've about
0: already it. talked about having our consultation, strategy, and then uh, what financing we're going to look into. For you, and then we talk about the home search. So you may have already been looking on Redfin and seen some signs and popped in, but um, we like to make sure that we set up your search in such a way that we're going to capture the most amount of opportunity, which we'll talk about, um, but also be as efficient as possible mm-hmm. by scoping out, um, you know, unique opportunities. Um, and also operating at the speed at which you'd like to move. Yeah. So, um, one of our first questions is, you know, when do you want to buy this home? How fast are we moving? How hard is our foot on the accelerator? Mm -hmm. Um, some people come in to our office and say, I started my job on Monday and my family's flying out this weekend with a one-way ticket. And I need a, I need a house for next week.
1: (laughs) We have actually had that. Literally. So we can do that. that. We can do
0: that. Um,
1: And that is, you know, that scenario is where... 24-7 Twenty four seven on top of stuff, but uh, you know most people are on a pretty much like a ninety day yeah, like kind a three of three to six months, three to six months kind yeah. of scenario.
0: Some are a year. Mm-hmm. Some are like when the right thing comes along, maybe. Um, so we just need to understand what pace you'd like to work at, um, because I can go full on and be calling you left and right and sending you things daily and seeing you every weekend, and we can we can do that. Um, but some people like to just kind of start slow, um, go on their own. We tour a few times together and we'll get into that. Um, But we really want to work at your pace. Yeah,
1: we ultimately set it off of what is going to work. And it's kind of like, we also need to find a flow with uh, the clients. Cause sometimes we discover that um, Tuesday happens to be a great day for uh, people, one of the uh, buyers to look at property. Because that happens to be a day that they either um, don't go into work until later, or they work odd hours, and that's a day that's open. Um, whereas you have other people who are, hey, we're super busy, we can't do anything between you know eight a.m. and. 7 p.m. Monday through Friday, Mm -hmm. but super available on Saturdays and Sundays. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, finding the flow that works for people, because there's multiple ways to look at property. We can set up a private showing, we can go look at a property on lockbox, or we can attend an open house, or we can go do it during a broker's tour, whatever day the broker's tour happens to be for that particular property. So, loads of different ways for us to get into it, Um, finding the flow with the client is kind of one of the things that kind of getting out there and looking at stuff kind of we figure that out
0: well and just briefly to address how we we work in san francisco in the bay area Um, properties tend to come on the market towards the end of the week Mm -hmm. so that they can be shown Saturday and Sunday during open houses. And then, uh, we'll see them on brokers tour generally the following week and then they'll be open again the following weekend. And then they'll probably take offers the next week. So there's this cadence of kind of a 12 to 14 day period, Mm -hmm. um, that we tend to follow. So we just need to, it takes a couple of weeks to kind of get into that flow. Um, but, um, one of the first things is that, you know, it's important for me to get out with our clients. At least once in person together, at least once um, to make sure we're doing a tour. At a minimum, yeah. So I can see how they react to different properties, what things that they like and dislike, but um, it just helps me so much to see in person um, the way that they're interacting with the homes that we're seeing. Um, Far more than them just trying to tell me at the end, like from what they remember. um, It it really will help to cut time off the whole entire process.
1: And then I think we do have a a process where you get many people who are like, hey, we live in a flat right now, or we live in a condo right now, or we live in uh, a rental somewhere, or we're new to the area. And you're introducing them, you know, they're like, hey, we want to buy a single family home and you know but we live in a a, a condo in a, in a in a different area and suddenly they're getting exposed to neighborhoods that are super cool that they just didn't really didn't know existed they'd heard of them or they may have been there or they didn't really know a whole lot about them but a lot of it's kind of new so yeah. touring touring kind of those areas to get kind of people to get a feel to see like hey um is this an area that would work like sometimes um we have people who are like well because of our our jobs we you know want to be close to a particular transit corridor and we're like well are you familiar with this particular neighborhood because it gives great access to that spot Mm -hmm. and um they um and and though that's a an uh, an important thing to figure out and touring with as well. Oh my gosh. We are sitting in Haley's new Brit car.
0: And a garbage truck is backing up so close to the car, I can't even look at it.
1: I can't even look. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He knows oh what he's dear. doing. Ah,
0: sorry. But I'm it would. Over.
1: Yeah. If if he damaged this, there'd be no harm done. So.
0: Remember when we started the podcast and my car had been hit?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's constant. This is what
0: happens when you record a podcast in a car.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that.
0: Anyway, so, uh,
1: where were we? So, it it pains me to be doing the podcast from inside a Brit car. Oh, but that's okay.
0: Eddie doesn't like that I purchased a a British vehicle. Uh, So, you know, let's not alienate our British listeners. We
1: don't know. I love, and they actually did really well in the... Uh, last night, they beat the U.S. in uh, the Rugby World Cup. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I knew that for sure. Kudos,
1: kudos for that. Good mm-hmm. work there.
0: So. Uh, so, back to the subject at hand. I think what you're, you're getting at is a lot of people, specifically in San Francisco, when they move here or, you know, when they're young and living and working and... They live on the north side of town, like, where there's a lot of apartments, right? Yeah. Um, and that just happens to be where there's a lot of rental buildings, Knob Hill, Russian Hill, Soma, whatever. Single Uh, families aren't just plopped in the middle of Knob Hill. So, if they're looking for that, they're going to be going towards, um... The southern More, like southern central and southern areas um, and so one thing that we like to recommend is that you know touring with me is is one thing but it's there's a lot going on we're seeing a lot of property you may not be able to fully absorb the neighborhood we recommend going to like have dinner in that neighborhood one night if you're thinking about um, yeah. considering the homes there to get a feel for the vibe of the neighborhood and see if you like it
1: and same goes for the East Bay neighborhoods you know Absolutely. like um, there is you know we feel time and time again you get people who want to look at single families who live in an apartment uh, on the north side of town and they want to look at single families in uh, San Francisco and the word Bernal comes out of their mouth and they're like oh I've heard of this neighborhood Bernal and they want to go and look at houses there but there are so many other cool yeah. neighborhoods other than Burnham.
0: yeah that just happens to be like the closest single family
1: well there's could. so many single families there and yeah. there's a lot of it there it's you know right by
0: the mission and blah, blah, blah. A lot,
1: but it's been talked about for many years so yeah so it becomes known the same happens for people who are going to the east bay the neighborhood that kind of comes out of their mouth is Rockridge, mm-hmm. or actually a little bit more now it's Temescal. yeah um, but there are so many neighborhoods in the East Bay, way more than San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Uh, that are uh, super cool. Absolutely. Of course, the East Bay is way bigger. Sure. So, But um,
0: but San Francisco is a lot bigger than people realize. It, it is. It does not stop at Market Street.
1: No. <laughs> it does, it does not. not
0: stop at the, you know, Presidio or 19th Avenue. Yes. Um. So and it goes much further.
1: Twin Peaks does not cut off the... Uh, <laughs> Entire yeah, city. The entire city. I so. live in the
0: city and I live on the backside. So, uh-huh. you know, I count. Uh, so, anyway, we definitely like to make sure to... So, when we're when we're throwing the net on what we're searching for, we're going to throw the net wide. Um, buyers may come in not knowing at all where they want to look. Or they may have very particular areas where, like, I want to live in Rockridge or Temescal or Bushrod or whatever it might be.
1: Or and Glen you're Park like, great. Or-
0: but, you know, as we know, this is a very tough market with not a whole lot of inventory all the time Mm -hmm. and so and there are great areas that people just don't know about um and so we and and we've had people move especially to the east bay to areas that they had never heard of and they love it and they have so many friends out there now and the neighbors are great like just really great experiences and they're 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 never looking back right and so and it's
1: fun to get to introduce people to to these neighborhoods
0: sure for sure
1: the uh I, I think, you know, also the, uh, the process of um, learning about these different areas, uh, there is, you know, so there, there are so many factors that come into play. Um, and a lot of times we've had situations where people have, you know a particular budget and they want a particular neighborhood and the budget they have doesn't match the neighborhood but there is a small percentage of properties that will trade mm-hmm. in the neighborhood of number one choice mm-hmm. um, so where we have systems in place where we uh, make sure we never miss any of those
0: absolutely so say my budget is a million dollars we we want to get you the best property at the best price possible. Like That's our goal. We don't, we don't say, what's your max, and go out and try to spend that, right? Um, that's not our goal. We want you to be our clients and our friends for life, and we want to take good care of you. So we will ask you that, and then I will set our search parameters up to that point because of sellers who are who? unrealistic.
1: Unrealistic sellers. We love unrealistic sellers because don't... Yeah, number one thing, uh, just if you are a data person and you look at stuff and you're like, hey, I've been looking at this area and everything in this area is selling at, you know, 10% over the list price. And I, you know, so you look at everything and you go, hey, I look at this price and I, I don't want to pay what is 10% above that. Um, that... sounds great in in theory but it doesn't factor in for the biggest scenario that comes into play with real estate and that's every single property has an individual owner it's not like a manufacturer who's making you know thousands of these homes who's selling them all at x price um these are all individual uh owners who are all involved in you know choosing who they want to work with and to being part of the decision process of how to market their homes, and some people will market them at the lower end of the price curve and get lots of interest, and you know those properties will um, have people competing, and they will sell above. And then you get people who price at the high end of the curve, mm-hmm. and they may sit around yep. and overpriced properties or too highly priced properties. Do not sell in an up market or in a down market. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's pricing is a very um, key part of the process. And we want to, you know, we like overpriced properties. Definitely. Because we can be the knight in shining armor to come in and end up purchasing that property for probably less than what we would have had to have done if we were in a competition scenario where if they priced it more competitively.
0: Exactly. So we will throw this net up to, generally, if my budget's a million, up to a million so that we can... Or a hair above. Or a hair above so we can keep an eye on those properties that if I see one that is is priced and I think it's probably just too expensive and I just, but I love it a lot. Let's keep an eye on it and you can tell us that and we'll look at the comparable properties that have sold recently and we'll tell you, hey listen, this is really likely to go over, like let's, let's focus on some other things. But keep an eye, or we'll say, you know, this is definitely this looks like it's overpriced. So let's definitely keep an eye on it. Um, And when it reaches a certain point in its its lifetime and its marketing, uh, we can jump on it. So we don't set the price a little bit above your maximum budget to bait you into higher properties. It's so that we can catch those opportunities. Yeah. Um,
1: We don't want to miss out on because the problem with uh, you miss if you're not setting up that criteria if you haven't seen that overpriced property and see them suddenly struggle, you, you, the key is jumping in on those right before they do their price reduction. Mm -hmm. Because when the price reduction happens on that property, then it suddenly pops into the search criteria for other buyers. And you couldn't, and you could end up in, you could end up in a uh, competitive situation then. So, um, it's uh, it's a, a nuanced little strategy, but uh, we've had it's been super effective. Definitely. I also like the other one of the uh, the negotiation for a seller that has gone wrong. Um, we've had keeping an eye on on certain properties where we look at them and we're like, hey. You know, we uh, and we talk a little bit more about this in the next podcast, right? Because mm-hmm. we talk about negotiation mm-hmm. and, and that in the next one. But um, uh, we'll have, you know, we decide not to make an offer mm-hmm. because we feel it's going to be uh, too competitive. Yeah. But then, you know, we circle back because it is a, a property we really like, and we try get some data on. You know, what's going on with the offers that they got? So, to
0: put it in perspective, like mm -hmm. sometimes an agent can actually get a little bit. No offense to listing agents, Eddie. But mm-hmm. can get a little bit of a big head when they have a very popular property. Yeah. They priced it competitively. And they start touting to people who are walking through the door. Yeah, it's probably gonna go for this amount. I'm thinking it's gonna go crazy. We got so much interest. Twenty-five people have requested disclosures. It's like a for a buyer like they oh talk my god, on- that's a nightmare. Like I've I've already offered on three properties and I'm tired and I don't wanna be in that frenzy again. So I'm they, just gonna step away.
1: They are listing agents who Talk themselves out of uh, they they talk buyers out of coming forward.
0: They scare people.
1: They scare people.
0: Rightly so. I mean, I if I heard that, I'd be like, oh well, yep. I guess I'll just knock. I'm gonna bow out of that. It's a waste of my time. And energy. but it is
1: counterintuitive of what they're doing. They think what they're doing is is they're they're making each and every buyer uh, competitive. Yeah. Whereas they're that's, like, I gotta Oh, I got to offer one eight now. I got to do this or I got to do that or you know. Uh, but um,
0: but it can backfire.
1: It can backfire. And when it does, it's, it's somebody it. Somebody has to be there to pick up the pieces.
0: <laughs> so, you know, if I see a property that I know that they took offers on X day and then four days later, they're still active, why are they not in contract? Why or have they even, not changed the status to contingent or pending? You know, what's why do they have another open house schedule? Like, what's going on here? Uh, come to find out, maybe they didn't get what they wanted because of this strategy or they didn't get anything at all. Yeah. Which happens, like it, it, that's not uncommon, and so we love when that happens because then we can come in and knight in shining armor, or what's the girl knight?
1: Uh, a dame, yes, a grand dame,
0: a, a dame in shining armor, showing up to win the property at the price that we well, when they're wearing
1: for. armor, they all just look like knights. So, well, in
0: Game of Thrones, Brienne, Brienne what was it? She was a she, they united her. Um, Even though she was a girl, oh,
1: okay.
0: so I feel like it's acceptable. Anyway, so so we like to find these little opportunities where um, we can get the property that we thought everybody was going to go after, and then nobody did,
1: and nobody did. Um, yeah. The other thing
0: too is disclosure packets. Yes. So sometimes disclosure packets have property inspections or pest reports. Oftentimes they do, uh,
1: or they have some kind of. Disclosure that not, you know, it's, they put this disclosure package out there and there can be some documents that are kind of like grenades where people read this stuff and they're like, holy holy cow, I'm not dealing with this. Like
0: property needs, you know, foundation is crumbling and, you know, blah, blah, blah. 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 And some buyers are going to read that and be like, well, let's pass on this. This is a nightmare.
1: Yeah totally and a great example f- for for this would be a situation where um, we had a, a client that the property this you know beautiful property um, had this really scary foundation disclosure and you know
0: and bear in mind too sorry to interrupt that the inspector is the one who called this out on his report but he is legally responsible to do that. I mean, he's licensed by the state, and if he sees an issue, he needs to point it out. And he's covering his butt, too, because he's liable. So it's going to read scarier than it may be.
1: Than it may actually be. And, you know, the scenario in this particular situation pretty much scared away all the buyers. Yeah. And, you know, the issue was this was a, a, you know, originally this particular property was a small i don't know 750 square foot bungalow Mm -hmm. and that there was basically a 2000 square or almost 1800 square foot um addition added to two-story addition added to the rear so which was brand new construction beautiful foundation everything was wonderful there was a part of the small little bungalow <clears throat> at the front that had this kind of little bit of a foundation issue, but it was attached to. It's kind of like a tugboat being attached to the Titanic. Uh, well, Titanic's not a good. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, a good no, that's example. not a good example. The, like, um, or what about um, what was what's the um, the uh, uh, battle? The aircraft carrier that. Uh, the Hornet? No. No, well that's the one that's over in Alameda. Well that's, well, that's a good one. That's a big that's a big that's a big boat. Um but uh, you basically you've got something that was other. you know, it was something that needed to be addressed and dealt with, um, but it in reality, it wasn't as scary as it read It wasn't dire it wasn't dire, but the way it read and there was no further explanation, there was nothing for anybody and so everybody read that oh my God, there's like a fatal fault with this um property, and that basically create- opened opportunity and um uh, mm-hmm. we managed to get a really good deal,
0: yeah, because you know it's important to have you know i've heard I've heard. And this is not to toot our own horn, but I'm going to do it. That some agents just don't even talk about the disclosure packet at all. And they just send it to their client and expect them to understand it. We just had an hour and a half phone call with a client going through a disclosure packet for the first time. Because how would you know how to read that? It's so much stuff.
1: It's there. And
0: nobody's And there, it's mind, that.
1: it's mind-numbing. You really need yeah. to be taught how to read it. 200
0: pages of just, oh my God, you know? And yeah. so... You know, there are other buyers that are just receiving these packets. They read this thing. They're like, oh, my, well, this is out for sure. Like, I don't want to deal with that. We take the time to read that packet, make sure we understand what's in it so that we can educate our buyers, make sure they understand and make an educated decision about it.
1: Well, and we also need to understand it, too, because that's where we have to factor all that in when giving. Yeah giving advice on what we think uh price and value and Absolutely. pricing is that we need so, to know
0: what lies beneath
1: yeah because yeah. you can't you can't give an opinion on uh value and an opinion on price without factoring in condition definitely so uh yeah um so
0: we tend to look for those kind of i call them the limping gazelle
1: yes on the <laughs> serengeti
0: um another one would be properties that fall out of contract um, that we're pending or contingent on, you know, their their status, and then all of a sudden, two weeks later, oh, they're back active again, back on market. What's that about? And they're
1: kind of under the radar.
0: Yeah, is um, that the property's fault? Is it the seller? Is it the buyer that couldn't secure financing? Because if that's the deal, that doesn't affect us. We don't yeah. necessarily care about that. Sorry yeah. to that buyer, but hello. And then they're kind of a stale listing. Yeah. And so we love that.
1: We love those <laughs> from a
0: buyer standpoint. We're always looking for these little niches where we can get. An and then
1: there's the other one is where there's um, you get uh, uh, sellers who use, you know, agents that probably should not be listing the property. Um, you know, maybe you Their got a Aunt seller or... is using, you know, a cousin or a family member or somebody. We've had properties where people have bought in, you know, areas outside of like cities 50 miles away and they they use the agent from there to sell their property, you know, here and they don't really know the nuances of, of the market here. And, um,
0: yeah, I mean, I wouldn't presume to go and represent someone out in Walnut Creek. Creek. Yeah. You know, I don't work there. And yeah. so I'd refer that out. So, but some people are like, well, but it's my aunt Janice. Like I'm going to use her and she does one deal a year and then she knows what she's doing.
1: Um, oh Yeah. So that, they actually tend to be, you know, that's unfortunately the seller's mistake and our buyer's advantage. Yeah, at times, so, yeah, for sure. Uh, but, it, you know, in a lot of ways, there's, there's, it's not just about waiting to see what pops in new mm-hmm. and going out and looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of other different ways, uh, different perspectives on what way to look at mm-hmm. it, because um you there's always opportunity uh in a market like we're in uh today it seems like um opportunity is hard to to come by and it's not easy but there is always opportunity and And if you know how to look for it.
0: Yeah and I guess the the final thing too is um, not all properties are listed on the multiple listing service so they're not publicly listed to everyone and they're not popping up on Redfin and Zillow and whatnot. Um, They're being sold off market and we as um, agents belong to certain groups and have certain relationships where we know about these properties that are being sold off market Um, maybe before they come to market or you know the seller doesn't want to stage it and do the whole thing and so they're like can I just sell it at this buy it now price so we have access to properties that are not necessarily public which yes. can definitely help with um avoiding that competition
1: yeah that gives an opportunity a lot of times there some of the properties they will sell before they hit the mls and um, um those can be opportunities uh but a lot of times within the networks that we have uh we have a heads up on stuff you know before it hits the market they won't sell it beforehand but at least we know about it and we're ready for it when it comes out so yep, uh, definitely and it doesn't kind of clog up um our, our process yeah so shall we what about some of the stuff that we like what, what about our call I think that's a super important thing to talk about.
0: We use a tool, um, you know, called Real Scout. So I set up a search, an initial search for our clients when they sign up with us on this system. Um, I really like it, and I think our clients really like it because it allows us to interact directly in that system, like via an app. Um, You can, as a buyer, tell me, I'm rating this four out of five stars, this is why. I can mark the different features that I like in a home, and as such, um, properties will be highlighted because of that. Um, It's just a very easy system to use. You can
1: pick out search criteria. Like, Mm -hmm. I really have to have a uh, kitchen with a professional stove. Yeah. And that is not a search criteria that exists anywhere else. This company actually has people um, that they pay to go through listing photographs Mm -hmm. and pick out all of the items Mm -hmm. that are not in search criteria and actually create that search criteria. So it's super
0: customizable and super personal. You can do your own searches. We're interacting anyway. So you're getting, um, these emails of, of, you know, what's being matched. And then on Friday, you're going to get an email with all the open houses of the things that you like. And you know, which is great, but I like, we like to connect with our clients at least on a Monday or a a Friday, Mm -hmm. um, depending on the open houses. So we can go through and, you know, I, I like to comp out and, you know, price out what a listing may sell for so if you're looking at it and you're like is this just gonna go crazy and should i not even look and i look at it online and i comp it out and i'm like yeah you know they might there's these only guys two are, hours to go see stuff so yeah. you might prioritize and knock that one out um and so, so ahead of
1: time you're you know where they are on the price curve are yeah. they low on low price on the price curve with a with a high trajectory or are they already at the peak of the trajectory mm-hmm. Uh,
0: exactly and so that allows you to be more efficient with your time in terms of when you're going out scouting from 2 to 4 on a Saturday or Sunday um and uh or so sometimes we'll connect on a Friday for like 20, 30 minutes on the phone, just to like go through everything from the week. Like there's texts and emails and calls and and whatnot. Um, just clears out all the stuff and gets a a clear path. Exactly. And make sure we're all on the same page. Um, and that we're addressing anything that needs to be addressed and we're getting disclosures for whatever we need to, whatever it might be, um, planning for that, the coming weekend. Alternatively, some people like to connect on a Monday when they've seen all of the stuff on the weekend and they, kinda of want to debrief about what they saw. Um and, and then set us up
1: for tour. Exactly. Which depending on where the area is, it's usually like a Tuesday, uh, or Monday or Thursday. Um it just depends on the area.
0: Where we go and tour properties, either we're previewing them for you because you didn't get to see them yet. Um, or and we're giving you the feedback or we're reviewing them because you saw it and you liked it and you have questions or you you just want to make an offer and we we need to see that property um, so we can make a proper assessment of value um, and give you our feedback and so that's what we do on uh, mondays and tuesdays and thursdays and um and you're welcome to come with us anytime so buyers can join us on that. It's not exclusively for brokers. Yes, and, and not exclusively. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, I love taking clients during that time because you're not surrounded by 20 other clients.
1: Yeah, you're not surrounded. You know, it's a bunch of other agents. And it's, you know, there's, on brokers' tour. you're dealing with, like, the level of efficiency. Everything's mm-hmm. open. and Yeah out know, there. Uh, if you do
0: tour with me, we're probably running in and out quite quickly. Yeah. Um, parking on sidewalks sometimes. Doing the, there's a lot to doing see. Doing the reels or <laughs> There's a lot to see. Uh. So we make sure to cover all of our bases, make sure we're touching base um, at your pace, but you know, weekly or, you know, yeah. whatever you'd like.
1: The cadence is really dictated by the client.
0: Um, wonderful. So anything else that we want to talk about for the home search? It's the fun part. It's a fun part. And then next time is the hard
1: part. Yes.
0: <laughs> when we find the one we want. <laughs>
1: yes. The negotiation and and the actual in-contract process. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, um, so we'll talk about that next week. And um, this is the fun one. This is the fun part. Um, I love getting into this part with clients and learning about what they like and don't like. And also I think it's important to mention that you don't have to know what you want right up front, and also, guaranteed, a lot of those things are going to change. So, you might think that you absolutely need a view, but actually, it turns out that what's more important to you is being close to transit and being able to walk to BART. Um, we're not going to know that until you start looking at stuff, and there's no shame in changing your mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... it's a a process and we learn kind of by osmosis where Mm -hmm. um, and you know after looking at a a number of properties with people sometimes it really the clarity that comes out of that where suddenly like we'll get a we'll get a a, an email from an agent talking about a property that they have coming on the market in a week and we just know by looking at that that we're like wow this is it. yeah and um you know that's we've got we've got a heads up on before anybody else really knows and that can be the the key to yeah for sure for making it to to make it happen mm-hmm. so, absolutely so right.
0: we're always keeping a lookout
1: always always searching yeah
0: absolutely. searching
1: searching searching
0: yep all right so next time we're going to talk about negotiation and uh yeah get buckle up for that one it's great um and make sure to share this and rate us and review us please and um you know anybody that is just interested in learning about real estate make sure to send them a link to our podcast
1: and you can find all our contact info and see anything uh, or shoot us an email or call us just go to elevationrealestate.com
0: excellent we'll see you next time
1: bye